Well, hello there. Welcome to the Virtual Rec Room and back of the cereal box. This episode is brought to you by Hitchhiker Toys in White House, Tennessee. Check us out at hitchhikertoys.com. And on this episode, I'm going to be sharing my initial reactions and review of Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. And we'll do that right after this. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean, Helmets Presley and he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable, can't be that original. Hey there, friends and foes. Welcome back to the Virtual Rec Room. This is Back of the Cereal Box, and I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. but my friends call me Johnny. And on this episode, we are going to talk about my initial reactions to Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. This is a matinee movie by episode. We are called Back of the Cereal Box, and we're called Back of the Cereal Box because when I was a kid, we did not have iPhones or iPads at the breakfast table on Saturday mornings. In between cartoons and comic books and kaiju and kung fu movies, we were reading the Back of the Cereal Box, and that was our entire world. That was a gateway to comics and music and movies and cartoons and all of the cool pop culture stuff that I love today. And part of the Saturday experience for me growing up was eating that breakfast cereal, watching those cartoons, and then hopping on the bike and riding down to the mall for a matinee movie. And I saw some of the greatest movies ever made on a Saturday afternoon Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Superman, Indiana Jones, E.T., all of those movies, Back to the Future, on a Saturday afternoon when I rode my bike down to the movie theater with my buddies Brian and Tim. And today for me is not very different because I love to celebrate the fun of the Saturday mornings of my youth while surviving adulthood today. So this weekend... It was the opening weekend of Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. And you've heard me say it, that Avengers movies and Avengers comics and Star Wars movies made me who I am today. And so I love comic book movies. I love movies. It's my favorite pastime to go to the movie theater. And so this weekend, I took time to go see Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Now, I'm going to give you a warning. There will be some light spoilers in this episode. So if you have not seen the movie yet, stop listening right now, go see the movie, and come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Go ahead. We'll wait. 
This is a great spot to remind you that Back of the Cereal Box is sponsored by Hitchhiker Toys in White House, Tennessee. Come on down to Hitchhiker Toys for toys for all ages. We've got action figures, Funko Pops, collectibles, horror, board games, cards, and more. We're located at 141 Edenway Drive, Suite A in White House, Tennessee, and it's super easy to get there. Turn by the subway, and we are located in the shopping center between White House Nutrition and White House Produce. Enter through the common area, and we are the first door on the left. You can't miss us. We're open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6, Sunday, 12 to 5, and closed Monday. And if you've got some old toys laying around, bring them to us. We buy, sell, trade, and no collection is too big or too small. Check out our online ordering options, our online auctions at www.hitchhikertoys.com. All right, welcome back. Now that you've seen the movie, we can discuss it freely and share some light spoilers. We might get into some heavy spoilers. I don't know. I don't have a script. I'm just uh, really sharing this off the top of my head, so it won't be long. First of all, I've seen the movie twice, and I had to see it twice because I wasn't sure the first time what I really thought about it. I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. It was a very different movie than what I expected. And in some ways that's good, in other ways I'm not sure. Um, First of all, yes, it was very dark, but there was a lot of campy moments too. And I really felt that cartoonish callback to the Saturday morning cartoons of my youth. And normally that would not be a bad thing. Normally, you know, on paper, I should have loved this movie for that. But I was not expecting that. I was not expecting the nods to X-Men 97 when they, spoiler alert, when Professor Xavier came on in his yellow floating wheelchair and the cartoon theme song played. And Sam Raimi, the director, really gave us a lot of nods to that 90s campy cartoon feeling. And and that's kind of his signature anyway. But I wasn't expecting that, so that took me off guard. The second time going into the movie, knowing to expect that, I enjoyed it a lot more. Now, um... Where to start here? The the main thing that this film really impressed on me was that it started on on the downhill slope of the roller coaster. There was no build up, there was no introduction of the characters, no introduction of the scenario, no introduction of how they're going to solve the problem. It started off boom at full speed. 90 miles per hour, and rarely, if ever, slowed down. And I, for me, I, I, it felt very rushed. And, and 
I would have liked for it to have taken more build. That having been said, Elizabeth Olsen is the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, and she absolutely steals this movie. She is absolutely the breakout star, and if science fiction and horror movies were nominated for Best Actress and Best Picture, she would definitely get my vote for Best Actress. She was phenomenal. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch did a great job as Dr. Strange. You had uh, Sochil Gomez as America Chavez. She was great. Benedict Wong as Wong. She was great. Rachel McAdams as... uh, Christine, she was great too. Everyone was really solid. The story was pretty good too. Dealing with the mental break of Wanda and her giving herself to, spoiler alert, the Darkhold and the Darkhold taking over. And basically, for those of you who don't know, it is a really a culmination of a lot of different stories, starting with the Knights of Wondegore story written by David Michelini and drawn by John Byrne in the 70s, in the pages of the Avengers. And this story borrows from Knights of Wondegore, Darker Than Scarlet, Avengers Disassembled, and uh, House of X. And we get a lot of those touches, a lot of those pieces of Wanda mixed into this, this story. That's really good. Again, I love how Marvel movies can stay true to the source material or the spirit of the source material without being straight-up adaptations. And really, truthfully, the last 40 years of Wanda's story can't be told in one movie and stick to literal comic canon. So they have to adapt it. But as long as they're staying true to the spirit of the source material, I'm happy. This was called Multiverse of Madness, and there was very little crossover with the multiverses. It did it did show the different Doctor Stranges on different worlds and different uh, universes, and really, that's the only character that we saw multiple variations of. Well, him and Christine. We saw... A, another variation of Christine. But what we didn't get were some things that I was expecting. I was expecting some kind of tie-in to Loki and the quantum realm, uh, some Easter eggs with Kang. Um, I was... I don't want to say... I was... Yes, I was expecting more cameos, but I'm glad that we didn't get that. I went into this movie really fearful that it was going to be one massive fan service movie. And it turned out not to be. It was it was fun. It was fast. It took your breath away. It was a Sam Raimi horror movie in every shape of the imagination. You know, he was borrowing from his own genre with Spider-Man and Army of the Dead and all of that. Um and that was the good stuff. Um, there was one scene that was hev- a little bit heavy-handed on the fan service. And that was the introduction of, spoiler alert, the Illuminati. 
which included Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel, uh, Black Bolt, and it was the Black Bolt from the Inhumans TV series. That included Baron Mordo, and it included Captain Carter, who I went over the moon for, and it included John Krasinski, yes, as Professor Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, and of course I've already mentioned Patrick Stewart, Professor Xavier, and we knew he was going to be in it from the previews. That kind of gave that away. Um, I'm not going to spoil their role in the movie as the Illuminati. Needless to say, they were used primarily as pawns to demonstrate how powerful Wanda had become. And we'll just leave it at that. But, you know, in terms of the multiverse, we saw very little of the multiverse. However, there were some really important things dropped. One, we got a reference to incursions. And incursions is what happens when two universes collide and one will be obliterated. This is an idea that was introduced in the second Secret Wars series and and ended up with the creation of Battle World. And so they've dropped that word incursion and that could be a major plot point for the future of the Marvel movies. What we did not see was Kang the Conqueror. We didn't see any references that I remembered to Kang or Immortus or Ramatut, although we did see a reference to Ramatut in Moon Knight. A um, couple of important story points. We did not see uh, Shang-Chi or the Abomination, which suggests to me that this takes place before Shang-Chi. If you remember in Shang-Chi, Wong appeared fighting the Abomination in the cage match, and then we see him, you know, training him, you know, giving him guidance uh, in the back, and then at the end credit scene, Wong has, you know, brought Shang-Chi to the Sanctum, and he and Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner pretty much welcome Shang-Chi into the world of, for lack of a better description, the Avengers. Well, the plot of this movie is Wanda is so powerful that she could destroy reality. And, you know, in in camertage to protect America Chavez, um, Wong doesn't call Shang-Chi. He doesn't call in the abomination. So that leads me to think that this movie happened before Shang-Chi. Also, this movie drops a reference to the conflict between Stephen Strange and Baron Mordo. And Stephen Strange basically says, yeah, Mordo snapped and has been trying to kill me ever since. Well, that's a story we haven't seen on film. As a matter of fact, at the end of the first Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange doesn't even know that Mordo has decided that there's too much magic and he needs to claim magic for himself and that he, none of that has happened on film. So that leads me to believe that the conflict with Baron Mordo has happened by this point because Doctor Strange references it. We just haven't seen it. So 
that leads me to believe that the first Doctor Strange movie actually takes place before Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and that the entire conflict with Mordo has, at this point, happened years ago. Just some subtle clues that, you know, I'm filling in the gaps. I'd love to know your thoughts about that. Um, I was surprised that we did not see the Supreme Strange from What If. Um, we did see Defender Strange. We did see the Darkhold Doctor Strange. Um, we saw a lot of different versions of Doctor Strange, both present and, you know, talked about in the past tense. And um, that was an interesting twist on the multiversal idea. America Chavez. I love that they brought her into the MCU. However, uh, she is without control of her powers. And they did not give her her full scope of powers. In the Marvel Comics, she has super strength and she can fly. Uh, there was some question as to whether she had super strength. Yes, she could you know, punch interdimensional portals open. But, you know, is that a result of her strength or not? It was unclear. And the end of the movie leaves her in camaraderie, training also in the mystic arts. Uh, we assume to control her powers as well, but it, again, it's hard to say. And, of course, the final fate of Wanda is up in the air. I'm not going to spoil it for you. You'll have to make up your own mind what you think her final fate is. Personally, I don't think we've seen the end of her or the last appearance of her. I was disappointed, spoiler alert, that we did not see the Vision. Only a brief mention of him. And uh, that was a little bit disappointing. Uh, also disappointing... You know, again, we have this major conflict with the most powerful Nexus being ever in the universe. And Wong and Doctor Strange don't call in any of the other allies that they have. The Avengers, the Dora Malange, um, any of them, you know, as guardians. I mean, you got King Valkyrie in Norway and a whole army of Asgardians. There were so many... This could have been a huge, just a huge cast crossovers galore in the vein of Endgame, and it wasn't. And I don't think that's a problem. I think that's a good thing, because my fear going into this was that they were going to do that, and it was going to be another jump the shark moment, and that would not have served anyone so, um, I'm glad that they kept it kind of toned down and focused really only on two or three universes. Even though we saw several of the other multiverses, they they kept it contained. And I, I think that's good. And, you know, the madness part of this is not the multiverse, but the madness that, you know, possesses Wanda through the Darkhold. They also cleaned up some tidy loose ends regarding the dark hold. It seems that in every universe, there is their own version of the dark hold and spoiler alert, Wanda destroys the dark hold, not just in her universe, 
but in all of the universes. So in one fell swoop, they explained why the Darkhold in uh, Runaways is different than the Darkhold in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is different from the Darkhold in WandaVision. And at the same time, they've removed it from the chessboard. It is no longer a factor in stories going forward. And I don't think that's a bad thing either. They are clearly setting up for the next uh, big bad who is going to be Kang the Conqueror. And um, I, I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Thor Love and Thunder. I'm ready, though, to see these movies connect to the larger MCU again. Shang-Chi had a brief post-credit scene that connected to the rest of the MCU. Uh, and, of course, that brief scene with Wong and the Abomination fighting in, um, in uh, the cage fight. And, uh, but, but Eternals had no connection to the greater MCU, with the exception, again, of that mid-credit scene with Dane Whitman considering whether or not he's going to pick up the Ebony Blade and become the Black Knight, and you hear Blade's voice. But other than that, no hard connection. And Moon Knight had literally no connection to the rest of the MCU. And this movie, Into the Multiverse, or Multiverse of Madness, had very little connections to the rest of the MCU. Spider-Man No Way Home really didn't connect either. These movies have been in universe, but not, you know, overlapping quite as much as the previous Infinity Saga. And in some ways that bothers me. You know, it bothered me in Moon Knight that, you know, in his head, he's like, does that sound rational or irrational? Does that sound sane or insane? That, you know, there are gods and avatars and, you know, superhumans and, and supernatural events. And, you know, Moon Knight should be able to say, well, no, that doesn't sound insane because, you know, Thor is a thing and, and we've got alien invaders and Ultron and, you know, all of that. And here in Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness, Wong and Doctor Strange don't call in any of their friends to help. And, you know, it just felt very isolated. And I get why they did that. But, you know, I I love the interconnectivity of the MCU. And I really am looking forward to seeing more of that. And I think we will see more of that again with Quantumania. Obviously, we're going to see it with Thor, Love and Thunder. And, uh, you know, hopefully Wakanda Forever later this year and Ms. Marvel on Disney plus are really going to unfold that and, and really start tapping into those connections all over again, but we'll have to wait and see. So on a scale of one to 10, uh, I'm going to give this movie a solid six. I'm going to put it at the top of the middle of the pack. It's, it's not my favorite Marvel movie. It's not the best Marvel movie. I think it was very good, but there are several that I feel are much better. Um, you know, my personal favorites are Captain America, Winter Soldier, Thor, Ragnarok, uh, Civil War, and uh, the rest of the Avengers saga. And uh, Doctor Strange, 
two into the multiverse madness, I would definitely put at the top of the middle of the pack. But um, solid fun, great fun Saturday matinee movie. If you liked, you know, the uh, horror movies from Saturday matinees of our youth, if you're into, you know, Sam Raimi's, uh, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead series, uh, you're going to love this movie. It hits all of those trope notes. Uh, it's It's got a Saturday matinee feeling to it. And um, I, I like that. At first, it took me off guard, but going into it the second time, I realized how great that really was, really t- taking me back to the Saturday experience of my youth. And that's something really to be celebrated. So that is my initial thought and review on Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness. Remember, you can let us know what you think. Drop us a voicemail. Click the link on this episode and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on air. Join us on Saturday mornings for Back of the Cereal Box Live. You can join the audience in the chat and be a part of the show. Drop us a note on our Facebook group, the Back of the Cereal Box Saturday Morning Rec Room, or the Back of the Cereal Box Facebook page, or do it the old-fashioned way. Send us an email at cerealboxpodcast at gmail.com. If you like this show, tell two, three hundred of your closest friends and family to come join the fun. Drop us a review on your favorite podcast distribution platform, Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, give us a review, make it good. And if you love our programming, consider becoming a super fan. Become a serial boxer at buymeacoffee.com slash pod. You can drop a few shekels in the digital tip jar, buy us a bowl of cereal, buy us a box of cereal, and that would be really great. And if you hate the show, consider contributing even more generously at buymeacoffee.com slash CerealBoxPod to help us improve. Well, that is it for this episode, guys and dolls. Hope you guys enjoyed my review of Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness. Until the next time, love you, mean it, and we'll catch you on the back of the cereal box. (laughs) 